When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World because that's us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here and we're doing an episode. And I don't know if you're ready for this, but I'm sure you are. This is the Tanya episode. Why is this the Tanya episode? Because I feel like garbage and I'm going to let you talk so much. I'm not even going to let you talk so much. I'm that's just, just, it's how, just how it is. That's how it's going to go. Okay. So... I feel like that will be um, something that everybody wants to hear. It's my voice wow. in their ears all the time, the whole episode. Wow. Okay. Well, go. Um, what are we going to talk about like to intro the show then? Go. Uh, well, it's Mother's Day. Uh-huh. It's Mother's Day today, which, I mean, it's like we're in a time machine because when you hear this, Mother's Day will have been a week ago. But today, as of recording, it is Sunday Mother's Day. Sunday Mother's Day. It's Tanya Day. That's also why it's Tanya Day. So it's going to be Tanya talking in your ear day, and it's Tanya Day because it's Mother's Day. So today was all about me, Uh huh. sort of. What'd you do? Uh, we went to the nursery so I could get my free basil. Who's we? Me and you and our three children. Okay. We went to the nursery so that I could get a free sweet basil. I was very excited. And then uh, Alden bought me a... Uh, an ornamental pepper plant, and we bought plants for our mothers. Uh huh. But it was very fun because the nursery is my favorite place in the world. And then we came home, and I had to do work. I had to work a lot. And then we went to our mothers' homes, which are um, it's pretty easy because our moms live on the same street as each other. So we parked at one mom's house, gave her her flowers, and then walked to the other mom's house and gave her her flowers. And then um, I had to do more work, but I did it with a Hallmark movie on and I bought everybody Slurpees. So Slurpees, Hallmark movie, and work. And then it was really sweet because uh, Aubrey's mom... Always does something nice for me on Mother's Day. Does she? Yes. Every year. At least for the past four years she has. When I worked retail, she brought me flowers. I cried my eyes out. Um, she has made sure that like Aubrey gives me a mug or something like that. A mug. A mug. <laughs> Shh, I'm talking. Sorry. Mother's Day. Go. Uh, so this year... She brought me a gigantic slice of mango key lime cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory, and it was very good. I ate half of it. Well, what was I doing? It's not about you. It was Mother's Day. Oh, you were sleeping? I you did slept? Sleep. I did sleep. Uh, you read on your phone. Uh-huh. You talked to your friends. A little, did I? Yeah. Maybe a little... They probably were like, come on, play Sea of Thieves. And you were all like, oh, I need to go to sleep in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. I'm exhausted. That's true. That's what you were doing. Season two, episode five. <laughs> Real quick, uh, comic watch. 
Last week, we talked about Free Comic Book Day and all of the comic books that we got. How many have we read so far? How many have you read so far? Zero. Yeah, there's still Zero, sitting... they're on your dresser yeah, in a nice, pretty stack that hasn't been touched. No, it I hasn't don't even know it's there anymore. Touched at all, yeah. Except for Monstrous, which I want to read. But I also, I'm rereading a book that I've read before that was very important to me. And I'm, I'm just rereading it mm-hmm. uh, for comfort. And... Then also listening to like other books, like yeah. I listen to my mysteries. So there, w- there just hasn't been room to get like deeply involved in a comic book right now. Deeply involved, the stack hasn't been touched. Yes, but the one that I got is like it. It's mm-hmm. more than one comic book. Like it's a volume of. You books. also got a bunch of free ones. Yeah, those don't matter as much as the monstrous one. That's the one I should be reading. Well. Yes, but I feel like we should be reading the free comic books because that's... What free comic book day was about? Yeah, what free comic book day was about, and we didn't read any of them. But I decided, I made the choice to uh, watch the entirety of Naruto. Because <laughs> I used to watch it back when it was on. I used to um, download it, um, I guess, um, not legally, because it wasn't in America yet. It was only right. on in Japan, and I was watching it as it came on, and people will... Uh, so the anime community, at least for a time, I don't know how prevalent this is now because now there are things like Crunchyroll and, and different streaming services where you can pay. And that's what we would do now. We, it's we not do as it. prevalent now. Like the the illegal downloading of anime is right. not. But back then, that was all you could do, really. Yeah. I mean... 2002, 2003, like... Or spend, like... 50 or 60 dollars to import the but, dvds but it didn't have english subtitles so you, i think you could get them no not most of them trust me i would have and naruto definitely you couldn't right um in fact there was one time where i bought a dvd series on ebay for like 150 dollars for this entire series that i loved and just wanted to watch what and i wanted to support dot hack sign you and have not shown me that one yet. Because it's not as great. It's one oh. of those that was really great at the time, and then afterwards it's not cool anymore. Like, it's just not interesting. But I I bought it for a lot of money because I was importing it, and it, I was importing a version that had English subtitles. It was, it was just the fan-subtitled one. Somebody duped me. Oh. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Like, and that's how I kind of learned. They you can't buy them. You can't buy these English And see, subtitles. I would never have had the money to do that. So I just assumed that the ones that were online, you could buy. And, no. and it was fine. So you're telling me now, like a thousand years later, that no, yeah. you couldn't. No, the way these worked is people would watch them in Japan, record it, and then fans would get together, translate it, and subtitle it. And it was and then, not good. And then put them on the internet. I mean, it was good. Um, it just wasn't legal. Right. Um, nowadays there are streaming services like Crunchyroll who probably hired people that used to do this. Yeah. And Funimation. Um, and Funimation where they which will. Which is our new thing. Where they will, they will air in Japan and then they're on Crunchyroll within the next few hours or, or a couple days, depending on the series and the, how popular it is. Yeah. I also think there's a lot more money in it right now and a lot more exposure to it now as opposed to back then like the fan base is so much bigger like it's huge yeah anime's not just a niche anymore everyone kind of has they're like oh yeah i like this and you're like oh you're into anime and they're like no but i like this one show Mm -hmm. and um 
And then there's people like us who loved it from as young as we possibly could have seen it. And we've introduced our children to it. And uh, so it like triples and quadruples the amount of of demand for it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I fell off of Naruto about 100 episodes in. And, and now I was like, you know what? I want to I want to see what Naruto's up to. It's 700 episodes now plus a new series. I can't. You've got this. I don't know. You've that's made why, it your that's job. Why that's why I'm so exhausted on it is. Sunday. I've spent all week trying to catch up to Naruto. I'm a good 75 episodes in now. He's sleepy jitsu. Sleepy jitsu. That's <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> season three. Nope. Nope. Season two, episode five. Season three of Naruto, which I actually, you're on right now. <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> Funny, Welcome you should to ask. the Naruto podcast. Oh, this is a God. special edition my of favorite... Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, all about anime. My favorite part was when um, Corey Matthews did the uh, substitution jutsu. What is that? Where he pretended like he was here over here doing this thing in this party, and then he turned into a log, and it turns out he was just watching the party from the window the whole time, and then everyone in the party was like, ah! Oh, and then they all ate ramen. Mm-hmm. That was a good episode. Um, so we watched season two, episode five of Boy Meets World this week. We did. And hopefully you did too this week. Are you talking to me or our listeners? Our listeners. Mm, okay. So season two, episode five is titled what, Tanya? The Uninvited, which sounds like a horror movie title. Does sound like a horror movie title. Who was it written by, Tanya? I don't know. I'm asking you because I my phone closed. I'm going to go with April Kelly. April Just... Kelly... No. <laughs> it was written by Susan Estelle Jensen. I don't know that person. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's good. I mean, I haven't ever heard that name. It was directed by David Trainer. You know you didn't say that two weeks ago? I don't know. I didn't know that I didn't say that. Did you I didn't. say who it was written by? Yes. Okay. Well, you that's didn't all that... say who... Never mind. Okay. So, it's blurb time. Blurb it up! All right. The Uninvited. Corey tries to fit in with the popular crowd, but learns the meaning of... The meeting <laughs> learns the meaning of true friendship, not the meeting, the meaning, the meeting of two true friendship of two friendship, two true friendship. So what happened, Tanya? Take it away. Um, Where do we start? Classroom or not? Uh, classroom. Not. What? Oh, that's right. Alan has sex drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. In the kitchen. <laughs> With the candlestick. Um, <laughs> yes, that is that is part. That, so, yes, we start in the kitchen. Alan gets a geriatric, like, catalog mm-hmm. of old people's stuff. Yes. Um, and he's, and he's upset like, about why it. why do I get this? Oh, my goodness. And Amy was like, so did you order something from it? And he said he and was ordering. He was like, uh, high potency vitamin E. And she was like, what? And he's like, it's a guy thing. He said it's for... It's for you. He goes, it's for durability. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh. How much do you take? And he said the whole, the all he of it. all of it. Mm-hmm. Then he talks about how he's getting these magazines now and how he's not that old. And he just keeps going through it and like reading different things from it. And Amy's just like, okay, um, like what else could you get from it? And he was like depends and she's like depends on what and he was like no the diapers 40 count diapers mm-hmm. and then Corey and sean come in start trash talking yeah they well they're like 
they're about to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, you old son of a bitch. You no, play? <laughs> he does not. In fact, he doesn't even say anything to Alan about it. Like, Corey and Sean are trash talking each other. And mm-hmm. Alan just throws himself into the narrative. He's like, you want to shoot some hoops? We got to go play b-ball. And he's like, you, how can you... How can you talk trash with a basketball jammed in your mouth? Like, wow, Alan. <laughs> you took that far. And so Corey and Sean leave. Alan's supposed to meet them out there, out there. And he goes to throw his geriatric sex pill magazine at Amy. But and he goes, I got to go play b-ball with my homies. Like, and, really like, weird. tosses it. Like, he, like, shoves the catalog towards the table Mm -hmm. in a very weird way and then stays bent over. Now, he stayed bent over. And Amy looked at him like, what are you doing? You're playing a little game, Alan? But me, in my head, I had crazy flashbacks. Like, I knew, like, as soon as he he stopped moving, I went, oh, my God. Like... This is not good. This is bad for me because I have a bad back. I'm not as old as Alan, but... Yeah, Alan points out a few times that he is 40 years old. Mm -hmm. I have been with Alden since he was 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And in the time that we have been together, Alden has thrown his back out three times. And that's probably better than it used to be. Back when I worked... um, I was a manager for a food place for a while and I was working 90 hours a week and I, um, I threw my back out probably once every six months there, just out of, I probably out of exhaustion and overworking and not being able to take care of myself. But it was a pretty normal occurrence for me to go a couple days every six months where I literally couldn't walk. I'm sorry. I'm an old man. My I went to the doctor for it when I was like 13, and my doctor basically went, you're too young to be having these problems. BTW, your back sucks, is uh, what he said. Alden's mom has always said that he was born an old man, so yeah. this completely makes sense. It wasn't just a brain thing. It was a body thing, too. Alden is Benjamin Button. <laughs> well, except I'm not getting younger. I don't know. If you were doing that every six months... That's 10 true. years ago you've That's only true. done it three times in six years so you are benjamin button maybe you're right mm-hmm. i am things are getting better tell i'm getting to, younger tell it to your leg yeah i can't walk <laughs> right now anyway <sighs> <laughs> we need to get you a geriatric catalog depends <laughs> depends on what no depends <laughs> pack of 30 for 40 dollars and here's a picture of a guy wearing it on a sk- while skiing. <laughs> okay, Alan. Uh, so, Alan throws his back out. He can't move. Um, Corey, I mean, uh, uh, Amy tells him that he needs to get outside and play basketball. And he's like, I can't. Like, I can't move. Uh, no, no, no. No. Amy tells him like, to go to the doctor. She's like, I'm calling the doctor. And he's yeah. like, I have to go play b-ball with my homies. And laugh track, fade to black. End scene. End scene. Uh, classroom or not? Classroom. <laughs> now we're in the classroom. We are in the classroom, and it's Mr. Feeney's classroom. It is. It's not Mr. It is Turner. It's not Mr. Turner's classroom. Not only is it Mr. Feeney's classroom, 
in high school, it also looks like it might be Mr. Feeney's classroom from middle school, like the exact layout and everything. Exact same layout, but different students. <sighs> um, no Minkus, no Topanga. Yeah, this is another no Topanga. Yeah, this is another no Topanga episode. We're going to have to go on Topanga and Minkus watch. Yeah, like where are they? I wonder if they're like on a on like their honeymoon together right now. Maybe. They're in um a very obsolete country and they are establishing What do you mean obsolete country? Well like well, like a country that doesn't have a lot going on with it. Like a small one. They're establishing themselves as the rulers of this country. Topanga is trying to get Minkus to organize any men that he can find to dig tunnels under the ground. That's what's happening right now with them. That's that's the B plot of this episode. <laughs> um, is this what happens when I don't feel well? <laughs> I'm going to let you do a whole fan cast, like a fanfic episode. <laughs> I don't have nearly like a good enough imagination for that. You just did a whole thing. You could flesh that out. Um, so anyway, they're passing notes and Mr. Feeney is gathering them. Mm-hmm. His eagle-eyed Feeney is grasping at notes. Yes. And one of the notes is to Melissa Harrington. Yes. Saying, what time is your party on Friday night? And the next note is from Melissa Harrington to friend-ish uh-huh. person next to her saying, who said you were invited? Yeah. And the next note is, is Mr. Matthews wants to know if if they're having a makeup party. And he, he's like, it's make out. Well, because she, she turns around and she's like, Oh, yeah, Corey, it is a makeup party. You can wear my lip gloss, okay? Yeah, but in like a really weird overacted, like super overacted way. And he's just like, I meant make out. Is it a make out party? And Sean goes, not for him. (laughs) (laughs) Sean was making fun of Corey to the rest of the class. Yeah. It's not very nice. It's not very nice, but I realized that Corey has done that to Sean so many times and yeah. everyone's just cool with it because he's not cool. Yeah, and it's not even based off of like Sean saying or doing something stupid. Corey does it to like highlight Sean's poor intellect all the time, which is so much worse. It is so much worse. Uh-huh. I forget what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we go to the hallway. Well, yeah, we definitely go to the hallway. We go to the hallway and... Oh, that's... Okay. We can. <laughs> so, they're, yeah, they're in the hallway and Corey and Sean are discussing the fact that Corey's not going to make it into the party. And right. Corey's like, we, I have to get into this party. Like, it's the only thing that's... This is the first party of our high school lives. It determines the rest of our existence. Yeah, he absolutely thinks like his career, his future, everything is is like staked on this party in the seventh grade. Yeah, but Corey's doing the Corey Alden thing. 
this is just who he is where he's just he's overthinking everything like he he's making everything much more important than it actually is okay Corey, i would like to know how you connect the dots to what from a party to your entire future like what branches are there what do you mean it's the first party of high school he he's thinking that the rest of everything does he think that he's gonna meet like the future CEO of a Fortune 500 company at this party and they're going to become best friends and it'll further his career because that person will hire him straight out of college? Not at this party, but he thinks butterfly effect. He's going to get into this party, which means he's going to get into the next party and the next party and the next party. If he doesn't get into this party, he's not going to get into the next party, which won't lead to bigger and better things for him. So, yes. So, that is that something that you felt like as a kid that like that, that um, you had to obtain some level of like prestige as a kid in order to be successful as an adult? I don't think so. I, I don't think I ever overthought that in particular because I never really cared about anybody's parties or, or whatever. I just wanted to have my friends. Well, and people just liked you. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, when I was Corey's age, people, I had my friends and then I had a lot of people who didn't like me at all. I was a nerdy kid who overthought things and I wasn't cool at all. I mean, I've discussed this before, but like I didn't listen to cool music and I didn't wear cool clothes and I was an I was a I don't want to say dork because I wasn't getting great grades. I just was kind of a smart ass. Mm -hmm. Small, easy to pick on. I was Corey Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I can see that. I just, it's weird to me because I never went through that, like, like, I wanted people to like me and I wanted to be popular-ish, mm -hmm. but I knew for a fact, like, that it wouldn't matter to my future whatsoever. So when I was going through times of feeling alone and stuff... I was okay, and I just was like, well, I've got my books, and I would sit and read and hope that I could glean some, I guess, uh, more that would prepare me for adulthood from books than from whatever was going on outside of that. Yeah, I also was in a school at that time where there weren't other people like me. I mean, it was a small private school. It wasn't for a couple of years until I, I, I'd say at Corey's age, seventh grade, right? So in seventh, are they in seventh grade? Yeah, they're in seventh grade. In seventh grade, I cared very much about being cool and being popular. I wanted to be in, and, and I was always like in the middle. I was Corey, you know? Um, within a year, I couldn't have cared less. Like it went from, I care so much to, you know, whatever. I don't care. Right. Um, but then the following year, ninth grade is when I met some people that I connected with more when, you know, we listened to the same music and we skateboarded and we were a bit of a rebel myself. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, we'll get to that in ninth grade episodes of Boy Meets World. Right. But I think that's important is finding the people that you feel comfortable with and going, all right, th this is my people. I don't care about anyone else. And I think Corey has that in Sean. He just doesn't realize that yet. I think I'm still looking for that. Wow. Thanks, Tanya.
I mean, I have you. <laughs> I have you, but like, I don't have like a group of people that have like I've never in my life had people that I felt like were even close to similar to me. I kind of just wedged myself into groups and stuff. I think you have people that you're similar to. You just end up getting stuck with people who need you. Right. I I now I have like two friends that I feel very like kindred to. Mm-hmm. Um but I've never like growing up there was no one like me that I knew. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And I had friends, but they were like as different from me as night and day and into my adult years I just sort of was like, eh, like, this is who I am. You want to hang out with me? Like, and none of my friends were like me at all, all the way through my adulthood. So, I mean, you, when we started hanging out, you were definitely the closest person to even sharing, like, any of my interests or, or you encouraged me to continue, like, I guess, um figuring out the things that I was into and like becoming more of myself. But otherwise I, I never had that. So Corey and Sean, (laughs) (laughs) um, they're discussing how important this is to their future. Sean's telling him, Corey, you're being ridiculous. This isn't that important. And as this is happening, um, Harley and Joey and, and cause Corey's talking about how, or no, Sean goes, Everyone's going to forget anyway. This is high school. Everybody forgets everything that happens the next day. And Harley walks up and goes, Hey, Matthews, I haven't forgotten what you did. And he's like, what did I do? You took my seat last week in the lunchroom. And and Corey is like, well, I didn't I didn't even... Nobody knows that's your seat. That's I didn't know that was your seat. And Joey's like, hey, everybody knows that's your seat. That's not his voice. It's still... It's not bad. You didn't okay. do too bad. You're just mm-hmm. tired. It was like a tired joey mm. they're very sleepy joey yeah everybody knows <laughs> sleepy jitsu joey sleepy jitsu joey <laughs> ain't that right frankie and frankie goes are you saying i like my sister <laughs> like, <laughs> like what and joey's like no what are you what are you talking about frankie what do you mean and he goes or and then oh, he joey's like you you just have a very close family. Like, he doesn't even say, what do you mean? He just goes right with it. He's like, you just have a very close-knit family. Where are you going? And, he, yeah, Frankie starts walking away, and Frankie goes, I got to call my family. <laughs> and I don't remember if Harley said anything there. but Oh, yes, he does. Harley was like, um, Sean asked Harley, is he going to be okay? And Harley's like, oh, he's got a few issues. I, so I didn't find that funny. Like, I think I switched it in my brain because, like, I don't like the thought that the things that, that Frankie is trying to work through are issues. Mm -hmm. Like. Well, not knowing if you're in love with your sister is a weird issue. See, and once, once we watched this a couple of times, the first time he said, you like your sister Mm -hmm. or I like my sister or whatever, I was like, ew, like. This this isn't cool. But then when um, Joey says, well, you just have a very close-knit family. Like, the second time we watched it, I was like, does he mean, like, just as a general rule? Like, he likes his sister? Like, he enjoys hanging out with his family? I don't know. I, I don't... I'm not sure. Because I wouldn't want to put that on the same level as the other things that he... Right. 
I don't know. We'll see, I guess. What, if he takes his sister to prom? Yeah. We'll find out. Frankie, watch. So... <laughs> to each their own, I guess? Um, I mean, everybody's in the Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, uh, that's when... What's her name? Harrington? What's Melissa? Melissa, Melissa Harrington. Slow-mo uh, starts, like... Walking through with, like, I don't know, Careless Whisper or whatever playing in the <laughs> background. Um passing out invitations to the party while Corey's freaking out and pins himself up against yeah, the he locker. Yeah, he like throws himself against the lockers like he doesn't want to be seen almost, which was very confusing. And he's just like, oh my gosh, she's coming. And she's like twirling down the steps with these invitations. And she's like, people are trying to take them out of her hand. She's like snatching them away. And he, uh, she gets to Corey and there's one just sort of like floating above his head and you see him like reach up and grab it and she doesn't snatch it away. She like lets go and it's still in his hand. He has an invitation mm-hmm. in his hand. And he's just shocked. And then the camera does a quick cut to Sean's face and then away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything of that the first time. But then Corey walks over to Sean and he's like, we did it. I'm this is it my the rest of my life is cemented um and he says something like what time should we pick you up Mm -hmm. and sean's like well i'm not going he's like what why not why didn't he why isn't he going alden he he didn't get an invitation (gasps) i don't understand why didn't sean get an invitation he's like the coolest guy in seventh grade that's what Corey said I always agree with people like Corey. So Corey said, that must have been a mistake. Sean said, there's no way. Corey said, I'm going to ask. He's and like, Sean no, let says, it go. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. whatever. And Corey says, do you want me to ask? And Sean says, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey goes over to Melissa to ask what happened. And and Melissa was like, um, he wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. And Corey was like, but he's like the coolest guy in seventh grade. And she just said, well, he wasn't invited. Uh Uh-huh. So he wasn't invited. What? Really? And then she walks away. It's a travesty. So he goes over to Sean and they hash it out where Sean's just like, well, okay. So I wasn't invited. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go to Chubby's and get a burger. It's not a big deal. And Corey's like, we can't go. We can't. I can't go without you. Mm -hmm. He's like being all dramatic and Corey like, and Sean's like, it's seriously fine. And Corey's like, well, okay, going to the party. Mm -hmm. So then we go to the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Corey's trying to get a soda. It keeps eating his money. The soda machine does. Mm -hmm. Not the soda the machine keeps eating his money and <laughs> thanks for clarifying mr turner hey you tried to eat my money too and he walks over <laughs> and he kicks it like the foot fawns but like everything in mr turner's body language in this episode and i know that that so last the past couple time the past couple episodes i think mr turner's just like out there overdone like i'm a badass stuff wasn't as prevalent he was busy being a teacher and proving himself as a teacher well we didn't see him in the classroom in this episode right um but 
his whole shtick when he's in the cafeteria almost made me uncomfortable. Why? And like, I like him now. Like, he's fine. But he's like, I don't know, like, popping his collar and like, he doesn't just sit down. He like has to like cinch up his tight jeans and like sit like prop himself on the edge of the table and like flick his hair around a little bit like it's like 25 body movements when there could have been one back on that hate train huh no i still like him i just said that um he uh he definitely is always either with mr feeney or completely alone in the cafeteria like none of the other teachers are like all right, let me go talk to Mr. Turner. All of them are like, this, come on, what is wrong with him? And I guarantee you there's nine teachers sitting in a corner talking about how ridiculous he is. Yeah. Poor Mr. Turner. Poor Mr. Turner. Maybe if he didn't jerk his body around just trying to sit on the table, he might have more teacher friends. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't want them. Maybe he's decided he's too cool and it doesn't matter. He's a bit of a rebel himself. Mm-hmm. So... Mr. Turner teaches him, teaches Corey to kick the soda machine and the soda will come out. And Corey tries to kick it and he doesn't get it. And Mr. Turner's like, no, like this, you got to teach you who's boss. And then he like backwards kicks it and flicks his hair while he does it. And the soda pops out. And then Corey proceeded to... To be like, uh, I've got a problem. No. While he's saying that to Mr. Turner, I noticed he is tossing the soda up and down. I like, noticed that too. And then it. he just like opens it and starts drinking, which is crazy because that soda would spray everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But so he asked Mr. Turner, like, so... I got a problem. I have a problem. I have a friend. I have a party. The friend is not invited to the party. Mr. Turner is like, how good is the friend? And Corey's like, the best. Well, how good is the party? The best. And uh, Mr. Turner basically says, like, have you talked to that friend about the party? And Corey's like, yeah, he said it's fine if I go. And Mr. Turner's just like, well, it sounds like you've made up your mind. No, it doesn't. It sounds like he's answered your questions. Okay. It doesn't sound like he made up his mind. It sounded like he was just trying to answer Mr. Turner's questions. No part of me as Mr. Turner would be thinking, I got to fix this kid's problems. He's probably thinking, all right, got this conversation over with. Now I can go back to my hair. I don't agree. I feel like he wants to be that person. Okay. He wouldn't try to like gain their attention by like spastically jerking his body around when he's sitting on a table if he wasn't trying to get their attention. Maybe, but then he clearly states later that he knew what Corey was going to do anyway. So... That's true. I think he probably knew what Corey was going to do anyway. Yeah. Um... Yeah. What happens next? We go home. Do we? I think so. I think so. I think we go home. We go home. Alan is laying on the couch. He's got everything propped up. Like, his legs are propped up. His back has pillows under it. He's still looking at his geriatric catalog. He's got um, one of those little claw things that he can pick up his soda and pick up the remote control. Like, he's in sweatpants. He's just a... He's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, in walks 
Amy and Mr. Feeney. Mm-hmm. Mr. Feeney's dressed in like an 80s track suit. It is the cutest thing I have ever seen. He, he looks like he's trying to join the old man mob. It's, it's like an Umbro track mm-hmm. suit. And he's like, come on, Alan, let's go down to the fitness club and take a class. And Alan's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, come on, come with me. The doctor, the doctor said that you need to move in order for this to get better. And Alan's like, nope, nope, I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I accept the fact that I'm just stuck here on the couch for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not getting up. Have fun at your fitness class. This is it for me, is basically what yeah. he's saying. And Amy's just, like, super perturbed. And Mr. Feeney is like... But I get $50 for everyone I bring with me who signs up. So at least just come with me and sign up. Uh, and Alan's just like, are you kidding? And Mr. Fiend's like, what? I want a teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. So Alan does not go with Mr. Feeney, the super fit professor. So Mr. Feeney just bails. Yeah, he just out out he goes. And Amy jumps on the couch to try to pull Alan, Alan up. She's like, I've had enough of this and starts pulling on him. And well, like, she's like sitting like on his feet and trying to pull him up off the couch mm-hmm. and Corey walks in. And he like walks all the way up to the steps and then stops and then slowly turns around realizing what he had seen. And he's like, it's not even dark yet. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. So I think this show specifically, like it highlights like the fact that parents have sex. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Like, I don't know if it's every episode, but it might be pretty close to Mm -hmm. every episode. It's just like, and not in like an uncomfortable way either. It's just like a, oh, look, they're cute and they flirt with each other and like, oh, there they go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, like, the kids know it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan, watch. There's no Morgan in this episode. Yeah. Zero true. Morgan, zero Topanga, zero Minkus. Do well, you think that Topanga and Minkus took Morgan to their other country with them? I don't think so, but go ahead and tell me your fanfic. <laughs> Morgan is there to help Topanga rule over all the men. Okay. Topanga needs an authoritative voice, and Morgan's got it. Also, she just learned how to read, so that's helpful, too. That's it? That's that's all we have time for. Okay. We've we'll got to get... get through the rest of this episode. Okay. So, also, there was a moment in this where Corey said, I... Oh, no. So, th- it happens after this. Corey comes back down, and they said, all right, go up and do your homework. And he says, no, I got a party. It's Friday night. I got the coolest party to get to. And don't you know. Don't you know. Like, Fargo-y. And... Amy says something like, oh, yeah, you really need to go to this party? And he goes, yeah, it's a makeout party. I got to get ready. And she goes, well, excuse me, Wilt Chamberlain. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, So he goes up. He gets ready. He and Eric have, like, this really, really funny exchange because he comes out. He has... He basically drank um, yeah, he, mouthwash. He gargled it and then just swallowed it. And Eric's like, oh my gosh, you're not supposed to swallow that. And he's like, it's so that if I burp, it's minty fresh. And he's like, that is actually pretty smart. <laughs> um, So Eric's like, what is this party? And he's like, it's Melissa's party. It's the cool party. 
And Eric's like, mm, let me look at you. Yep, Court, you're super cool. You are just so cool. I'm going to have mom cut off the feet in your footy pajamas because I think you're ready. But this is after he had, he goes, wait, where's my deodorant? And Corey goes, in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm not taking any. I'm taking all precautions to make sure this party goes well. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. uh, So, then Corey's like, does that mean I'm cool enough to use your uh, cologne? Yeah, your rampaging stallion. Rampaging stallion. Eric's like, don't touch my rampaging stallion. And Corey rubs it all over his face and throws the bottle at Eric. Yeah. uh, Runs downstairs and Alan goes, (laughs) he like sours up his face and he goes, what what is that smell? Oh, I'm rotting from the insides. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Corey's like, don't worry, Dad. It's just my rampaging stallion. <laughs> Which, like, hello, your dad just thought that he was rotting, and that's what the smell was. So, Corey, you stink. And Amy comes in. She's like, all right, you ready to go? She's, like, putting her purse on. She's like, you smell rampagey. Uh, go call Sean and tell him we're on our way. Which was, like... It's a really sweet thing, and I think that they just, like, throw these, like, really sweet things in there to, like, build up to what comes in the future, but it's a really sweet thing that, like, Amy's automatically like, well, we're going to go pick up Sean. hmm Yeah, and Corey says, well, we're not going to get Sean. He's not coming to the party. And she's like, what do you mean? Is he sick? And he said, no, he's feeling fine. What do you mean? Why isn't he going to the party? Uh, he didn't get invited. And Alan says, well, why are you going? And Corey says something about him being cool and getting invited now. And and Alan says, I don't know what you think is cool, but being cool is not forgetting who your friends are. Right. Um, I don't know. Would you have been offended if one of your friends went to a party that you didn't get invited to? Nope. Yeah, I don't think I ever... I've... It happened to me all the time. Oh, okay. Back to the no friends talk. Well, I mean, my friends all ran in different circles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I went to church and had, like, a bunch of friends at church, and they all went to different schools, and some of them went to the same schools as each other and were best friends at school. Like, and that's a different thing than best friends outside of school. Like, Mm -hmm. you're with each other every single day. So those friends had sleepovers together and stuff like that that I didn't go to. And again, like, I had resigned myself to the fact that I was different i hadn't figured out whether it was good different or bad different but i knew that like i didn't share their interests and stuff and that that was okay so no did you would you no i don't think so um i think i had like i said like in ninth grade there were a few friends where i was like these are like this is my friend group and i think if they had gotten together without me i would have been upset but if Mm -hmm. they had gone to a party that i wasn't invited to i wouldn't have been upset right um so I don't know. There's not much more to it that than that. So anyway, Corey ends up going to the party. Yeah. Because um, Alan is like, let him go to the party. Um, I'll pick you up in five hours, Corey. And Corey's Gosh, that sounds like such a long time, a long party. And Corey says, um, "Are you sh- are you sure you can get- come get me?" He's and- like, "I'm leaving right now." Yeah, to get him in five hours. So Corey shows up at the party and immediately walks down the stairs and Melissa goes like she looks upstairs instead of at Corey. Corey says, I'm here. 
and she looks upstairs and goes, Hello, Corey Matthews, and welcome to the party, Corey Matthews. And he looks up into the ceiling where she was just talking and goes, Thank you. <laughs> and so he looks around. He's like, Oh, hey, Alvin and Simon and what was the other name? I kept thinking that he was immediately going to say Theodore, but it wasn't. It's it was e- like Baldy Escobar? or something. Um, it was not Escobar. Um, Ubaldo. Ubaldo. I was closer because I thought it was Baldy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's like, oh, hey, guys. Wow, it looks like I'm the coolest guy here so far. And she's like, way to rub it in. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, yeah, uh, I'm the first one. I guess everybody else is running late or whatever. And she's like, nope, it's just you. And he's like, what? Wait. Well, he goes, so I'm the coolest guy here, aren't I? Oh, wait, I'm the coolest guy here. It's a geek party! Yeah. And they, like, zoom in on his face, and he's, like, super upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, like, halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot to say about uh, things that people are wearing. <laughs> you want to do that now? Well, we're basically in in the thick of it when it comes to clothing. Welcome to Tanya's fashion of the week for Mother's Day, but a week late for you guys who are listening. Take it away, Tanya. Uh, Your song just threw me off completely. Um, Okay, so this is a very, very clothing strong episode again. I'm taking a nap. No, you're not. You'll never wake up. You'll rip Van Winkle. <laughs> He's going to wake up a thousand years old, guys. So this episode, I realized Corey is like the king of plaid and hemp. He keeps wearing plaid shirts and hemp necklaces. And he actually does look very cool. And like he could get away with that like now too. Very much so. The first plaid shirt he wears is orange. And he wears it with a hemp necklace. The second plaid shirt he wears to the party, it is a navy blue plaid shirt over a blue t-shirt. It was a very good look, Corey. And then Melissa Harrington is a fashion diva. I love all of her clothes very much. When she is handing out the imitations, she's wearing like this um, cotton floral skirt that's blue. And she has like just a denim jacket over a white shirt. Um, and I loved it and I want to wear it with Doc Martens. I think that that's really like, if it's an outfit that could be worn with Doc Martens, I want this outfit. So I just want to say I came to a realization just now. What? I saw you taking notes while we were watching the episode. <laughs> it was only on clothes. It was only on clothes, wasn't it? Yes. Because you haven't looked at your notes once while we've been doing the episode, but now you've got the paper in front of your face like an old lady reading the newspaper. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. Back, back to my nap. Um, at the party, she is wearing just like a simple off-white scoop neck. I guess what we would call a skater dress now. Um, like really simple, just like flares out at the waist. Um, and then she has a friend that comes in. And her friend is wearing a dress that I need so bad that I started looking up 
things for it on Amazon to see if I could find a similar dress. It's like a sage green. It has like antique like little roses all over it, but it's a button up cotton dress that's like knee length. Oh, I need it for summer. So, so bad. Um, and I guess like fashion wise, their house is also very much in fashion because there's like a ton of house plants all over the Matthews residence. And I didn't realize it until today, but there's like a lot of house plants. And this is, that's it. That's all of my, that's all my notes on things that are aesthetically pleasing to me on this episode of Boy Meets World. I almost said Boy Meets Girl. Hey, you can wake up now. Oh, okay. So a girl comes in <laughs> as Corey has a conversation with Melissa Harrington about how uh, he is the only cool guy who made it in. And she's telling him, no, my parents took all of the cool guys off the invitations. I wasn't allowed to invite anyone cool. And Corey says, so Sean, and she said Sean was the first one they took off the list. Sean's, or my parents said they hate guys like Sean. And they love guys like you. Yeah, and and she says like Sean's too unpredictable, mm-hmm. like, and that scares them. And um, Corey's like, I'm unpredictable, and he like turns around, and now you have to do it because you do it really well. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turns around and he goes ah to scare her, and it's like oh. I'm so unpredictable. I sometimes I scare myself. <laughs> and she just keeps talking like nothing's ever happened. And and he was like, no, but I'm really unpredictable. And she's like, Corey, my parents love you. She- and and she, and he goes, no, ah, no. <laughs> and then he says, let's see how much they love me after I do this. And, and he grabs her and pulls her super close to him with passionately his, like hand behind her head like mm-hmm. about to pull her in for a big old make out with his minty burp breath it was provided the girl is into it a very good move yeah I mean, and she seemed she was like cory uh-huh. what are you doing and he was like i don't know i'm in over my head and like let's go of her mm-hmm that it was like he had that in him to do it and just couldn't go through yeah. with it. Um, and she goes, yeah, see, I knew it. You're just, you're P.A. And he says, what's P.A.? She says, parental approved. Mm-hmm. Parental approved. And then a girl in a green dress <laughs> runs down the stairs and says, everybody's at Chubby's. No. Oh, there's a party? She says, there's a party. She says, I'm going to the party. And Melissa, Melissa, yeah, is like, well, where is it? And she looks at Corey and she goes, um, "Can you let us have a conversation, please?" Because Corey gets kicked out because he's too not cool enough to go to this party, right? Right. And then they walk out, and she leaves her own party. And Corey walks over to Alvin, Simon, and Ubaldo, and which sounds like you just made that up. I can't even understand, like. It sounds like you made that name up. Ubaldo? Yes. Um, and Alvin and Simon, by the way, were the guys from the first episode of season two that were getting beat up on purpose or getting hurt on purpose so that they could go home. Yeah. And you also see them again um, in this episode when 
Harley is talking to Corey. You see them walk in the door. So we have seen them a lot. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Feeney does not like nerds. That's true. Uh, well, he doesn't want to kill them. He doesn't want to kill nerds. Right. I guess that's why Corey's so safe. Oh, no. So anyway. he, Mr. Feeney will not kill parentally approved children. Pack. Man. <laughs> Fever. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, oh, I, no, I love those geek party. I love those two kids from the first episode and, um, they, th- so this party now has turned into what will become a, a great series in freaks and geeks. Like yeah. they were all perfect for freaks and yeah, geeks. Absolutely. So they are spinning a bottle around on a table and Corey's like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're practicing for spin the bottle. And he's like, there's no girls here. And they're like, maybe some will come. And Corey's like, what if they don't? And they're just like, if they don't, it's okay. Like we like hanging out together. This is our group. Like it's fine. We're having fun. Yeah. And Corey looks like super thoughtful. And and Alvin goes, and that's why we love Ubaldo. (laughs) (laughs) And Corey just like looks like super thoughtful and like runs up the stairs really fast. I want to know if these kids did anything else because I think they're fantastic. But also, like, I'm I was always envious of those kids in school, the kids who were super nerdy and got picked on and they couldn't care less. They enjoyed what they did. And it's I think that's something that we I specifically try to talk to our kids about because I want them I want them to do the things that make them happy whether it makes other people happy or not. Like, if they're into making a video and no one watches it on YouTube, I don't want them to stop making videos because it's something that makes them happy and is creative. Mm -hmm. Like, if Aubrey paints things and, you know, nobody wants to buy her paintings or something, like, I want her to keep painting. I want them to be themselves without worrying about what how that affects other people because it's probably the most important thing that I learned as a young child is like if you enjoy doing something don't steal your own joy yeah I agree I don't think I learned that skill I mean that that is that a skill I don't think I learned that until a value? I didn't learn it until I was much older um, I don't think I was probably I was 20 or 21 years old before I started to realize that I needed to just like what I liked I Never, I didn't get into anime and I didn't get into comic books. It was always like an outside uh, uh, love. Um, as a teenager, I gave up a lot of that because I didn't think it was cool. Um, you know, as a kid, I liked these things. And then as a teenager, I was like, no, I'm too cool for that stuff now. And then as I was like 20, 21, I was like, man, I really love that stuff. And I think it's incredibly important. And I wish I had stuck to my guns. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't have people that were like me. You know, right. So I didn't have that group where I could get together with them and talk anime or talk the new Spider-Man comics. Right. It's nice as adults that we do have that, that it's a thing that has brought a group of like a lot of us liked those things outside of our friends group and our friends groups didn't know that we liked them. And now that we're adults, it's like we can all come together and be like, oh, I did like those things. Well, I think think more for you, I... I was comfortable liking things. Right. I never went through that. And I think probably having the sisters that I did where it was like they would pick at me no matter what it was. Yeah. 
kind of hardened me to like it was just like mm, whatever like these this is part of who I am and I like these things I think nowadays too though no matter what you're into you can find other people on the internet who are into that too yeah I mean, sometimes to a detriment but um you can find a group of comic book fans and you can all, I mean that's kind of an oxymoron now because nowadays I mean, Avengers just came out and broke every box office record in Ever. history. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can find these nerdy things that other people aren't into, you know. Um, you can be into, like, weird underground hip-hop with rave beats. And you're going to find your friend, friend group online who's also all into this same kind of music. I remember being, like, 19 or 20. And I was taught how to play Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. And I played it for like five or six, I guess, nine years. I played it for like nine years pretty regularly. And I remember being like 28, I think. And I was at a bar with my friends. And one of my other friends was bringing his girlfriend there for the first time. And so I was meeting this girl and... She was like, oh, Tanya, I've heard so much about you. And she was like, you're really pretty. And I was like, thank you. She was like, he told me you play, like, magic and stuff. And I was like, uh-huh. Like, that was what he, t- like, don't worry about her. She plays magic and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I do. And she was like, but you're, like, really pretty. And it never even, that wasn't a thing that ever had dawned on me as being, like, it was weird that I played magic because it was just a thing that I had been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like years later i love the fact that like everybody plays magic and everybody plays D and like everybody reads comic books and everybody likes like these movies and anime and like it's really cool that you can find people that like the same things as you you can just go to Reddit and type in words and find a group of people that is just as obsessed about the same things as you and is posting about it all the time. Like gardening. Um, yeah. Is that a dig? No, it wasn't a dig, you a weirdo. because gardening. Oh, I hope somebody laughed at that somewhere. Um, <laughs> so we, we go to the, uh, we go to Chubby's. Um, it's the first time we see Chubby. I was wondering that. Haven't we been in here once before? Not yet. This is the first time. Wow. Okay. So Chubby's will become a fixture. But anyway, um, the the Harley is playing pinball and goes thirty three billion points. It's a new record. Go carve my initials on that kid's forehead. And the kid like runs and jumps and like flies out of the restaurant. And Frankie's like thirty three billion points. That's so great, Frankie. Joey. Oh, sorry, Joey. Joey's like, 33 billion points? That's incredible. That'll never be beaten in a million years. Right, Frankie? And Frankie goes... uh, What are you trying to say, Joey? That I write sonnets in my spare time and I'm really into poetry? He says that I write poetry up late at night. And then he didn't say sonnets, and I only remember that, and I'm correcting you, because it was so fantastic. Because after that, Frankie's like, I have to go deal with this, and walks away. And Joey's like, no, Frankie, it's cool. What do you like? Like, is it like sonnets or something? And Harley (laughs) goes, I need to find some better adjusted guys. Mm -hmm. And he walks out, and as he's walking out, Corey's walking in. And he, like, punks Corey, and Corey backs up and runs into the table. Just 
He yes. runs right into the leather jacket clad Mr. Turner. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, Matthews. Uh, and he's uh, talking to him about, what are you doing here? And Corey tells him that uh, he, he says, you know that thing I was talking to you about earlier? And he said, yeah. He said, I made the wrong choice. And he said, I could have told you that. I could have told you that. And he says, well, why didn't you? I would like to point out that as Mr. Turner is talking to Corey, he definitely has the body language of someone who's about to pull a switchblade out of his back pocket. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, so anyway, Corey says, well, why didn't, why didn't you tell me that? And Mr. Turner goes, you don't listen in class. What makes you think you're going to listen in life? And Corey's like, fair enough. <laughs> so. Well, and he's like, he's like, yeah, but you're a teacher. Like. You could tell other oh, people right. to do their homework and they would give it to you. Like, we have to listen to you. And Mr. Turner's like, oh, yeah? I'm a teacher? And then he stands up and he yells. Like, he bangs on the table. He's like, everybody, what, give me your homework right everybody, now. Everybody, turn in your homework right now. Also, Sean Hunter, your friend's here. <laughs> also, just kidding about the homework. Yeah, and Sean gets, like, so excited. He, like, jumps out of his chair. He was because so happy. Sean is in the middle of all of these people. Like, yeah. he is the center of attention. He's the center of probably, like, 20 kids who were obviously really cool, and some of them are really old and balding. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was Girl in the Green Dress from the party, which is why I thought she said that the party was at Chubby's. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't catch that. Yeah, he's, she's sitting like right next to Sean in the booth. Okay. I know this because of the dress. Green dress. Yes, I want that dress so bad. Okay, so they, um, Sean, yeah, Sean runs away and is like, Corey, you, you made it. What happened? And, um, and Corey's talking about how it was a geek party. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Well, he's like, Why are you even mm. talking to me? And Sean's like, Ever since you're invited to that party, you've been acting really weird. Yeah, and because Sean was telling him to go sit with him. And Corey was like, I can't sit with you. And he's like, There's a spot for you right there. And Corey was like, Everybody has a spot at the table. There's not room for me. And Sean's just like, Look, you've been really, really weird since you got that invitation. What is going on? Well, he says, Do you think you're too cool to hang out? Like, are you too cool to hang out with me now? Because now Sean is thinking on his end, like, Corey got into that party. Right. And he's too cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corey was like, Sean, I'm a geek, Sean. And everybody gets quiet and looks at him and he goes, like, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, the creators of Boy Meets World were so lucky that they fell into the perfect kid for this role. Yeah. Like... He is so fantastic as Corey Matthews. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone being able to do it better except for, like, possibly his brother. Like, if it had no. been... You don't think so? No. No. No, I not- guess he was more, like, sweet and soft-spoken. Yeah. And no, there's there's no one else. I was thinking about it while watching this episode, and specifically right there where he goes, well, like, you didn't know. Like, it was so perfect and well-said and mm-hmm. well-timed and... um perfectly in line with Corey as a character where he exudes almost like a little bit of confidence in his vulnerability he's just like i'm dealing with this but like seriously guys like you know who i am yeah and i was started like in my head plugging other people into that Mm -hmm. role and there's no one that i think fits it do you think anybody could have come close no i think i think we're in season two I think it get can- it gets canceled in season two, no matter who the other Corey is. 
Okay. I don't think anybody else can pull this off. Okay. Because it's, it's perfect for him. Yeah. I think his character is um, definitely like... I don't want to say mature, but there is a maturity about it that most characters you would find who have his like timing and wit and stuff are older characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking of Seth Rogen's character in Freaks and Geeks. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of the same sort of like insecurities as Corey and kind of delivers lines sometimes the same way. He's a little more soft spoken, like way more soft and uh, laid back. Like he's so slow and but he is the witty one he's mm-hmm. the one who like throws these things at people and he's a little more confident in like the weird things that he decides to do and stuff but he's also playing a character who's 18 years old right. not a seventh grader right and he's nowhere near as like Corey's just boom 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 right. boom boom like he's just getting exactly where he needs to go every time and he's well, and always you, ready for it. When you watch the side characters that they bring in for like one episode, like the girl who plays Melissa, she mm-hmm. overacts everything to the point of like, were you just in drama club at school and like you knew a producer and they let you play this part because like you're not on the same caliber. Well, and that's the thing, like same caliber or not, like um, ben Savage isn't, I don't think, now I'm just speaking about this as far as his body of work, but Ben Savage doesn't come across as an amazing actor. Right. But he's perfect as Corey. Right. Like, that's him. That's his role. He was born to play mm-hmm. that role. Um, and that's not to say he can't act, because he's obviously acting and doing a good job in these roles. And right. And he's, he's being vulnerable and emotional when he needs to be, and he's being smart and funny when he needs to be. But it's so perfect Corey Matthews. Right. So they're talking about how Corey's not cool enough and how Sean's at the cool table. And he's like, Sean, this is the cool party. I wasn't at the cool party. You are the cool party. and You're the center of it. Mm-hmm. And Sean goes. Sean has no idea. Yeah. And while you're talking about Corey and how perfect Ben Savage is as Corey, we're definitely seeing rider strong develop because mm-hmm. he's able to hit these really weird emotional spots in a way that I can't imagine anyone else hitting either. Like well, he, he too, um, he's, um, in this scene in particular, I noticed his timing is improving so much too, mm-hmm. because he says in just with the perfect timing, he says, this is the cool party. And he looks back at everybody else who's sitting there and he turns back to Corey and he goes, Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Um, and Corey goes, wait, why are we leaving? And he's, let's just go. Come on, let's go. And he says, oh, I get it. You're you're trying to show me that being cool is not caring about who's where and not caring about who's at the cool table. And, and that's what you're trying to teach me, right? Isn't it, Sean? Sean's like, shut up, Corey. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like the whole first season where I'm just like, ugh, Sean. Like, he was so annoying. This season is so much more of like okay, they wrote a character now for Ryder Strong that Mm -hmm. is enhanced by his acting ability and the fact that, like, this is what he's good at. Right. No, they definitely saw a softer side side of him, and Mm -hmm. um, they also had to make him more likable. (laughs) Otherwise, he wouldn't be a viable character for years. And um, 
they most definitely saw what everyone's strengths are. And we've talked about it mm-hmm. a few times now, but they saw everybody's strengths and they worked on them instead of hindered them, yeah. which is fantastic. They also have pinpointed a way of showing love in a way that I I don't think I could write it. I just love from every aspect. So like friend love, brother love, parent love, girl and boy love. Like they... Um, Say love one more time. Love. <laughs> I love you. Um, the love that Sean and Corey have for each other is depicted in a way that is so like sweet and very real. Um, the love that Amy and Alan have for each other somehow is so believable from these two adult actors that like are just on this show. Like it's completely believable. Eric and Corey together, like you believe that they love each other the way that brothers love each other. Um, it's just becoming more and more apparent every episode that we watch that that the way that the love for each other is written between each character is very believable and real. Yeah. Agreed. It has started raining very hard outside. I know. It really freaked me out for a second. It, I mean, it didn't freak me out. It's rain, but... It, I don't always hear it. I do wonder if it's coming through on the microphone. I doubt so. it. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so anyway, where do we go from here? Um, do we go back to Corey's house? I don't remember. I think we go back to Corey's house. I think this is... Is this it? I think this is it. Yeah. Okay. So Corey and Sean run off. And the next scene is the living room. Oh, I forgot too. So Corey, when they're running off, after Sean is like... Shut up. Corey, shut up. Sean walks away and Corey runs after him and going, that was a very cool thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, that's it for Corey and Sean's story. But the B-plot has not subsided yet because Alan is on the couch. Still, which, okay, so this happened, I'm assuming, on like a Wednesday is when he threw his back out. Why is it Wednesday? Because... On Wednesday, the I was like it was a couple days before the party. Okay, and then the party happens, oh, and that's the same the day. Party as was the on party. Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Alan's been like on the couch for three days. Been there. Not moving. Been there. <laughs> that is true. Um, not the couch, so that would be miserable. Mm-hmm. In bed. Last time I threw my back out real bad, I did finish persona four so that's true you can't hate on back problems too much well you figured out how to make them work in your favor correct you've been productive <laughs> productive in your pain yeah um so when alan's on the couch propped up not moving reading his magazines eating cookies with a with an extendo arm like the claw mm-hmm. and amy comes in and she's like wearing a robe and she's like all right i've had enough I ordered something from my catalog. I ordered something that will help. Uh huh. And he was like, "What is it?" It's not the depends, is it, or is it something <laughs> like that? Um. And she opens her robe, and mm-hmm. she's in like a white, long, like silky nightgown. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "Oh," and she's like, "I'm trying it out for." Oh, we missed this whole part. What? She said that she's going to go get oh, yeah. a new man. Yeah, when Corey, I mean, when uh, uh, Alan and Mr. Feeney are having their talk, Mr. Feeney, before she jumps on his feet to pull him up, um, Amy says to Alan, 
Alright, I've had enough. I'm leaving you for the next thing that moves. <laughs> so Amy takes her robe off and she's like, I'm trying it on for my new man. Mm-hmm. And Alan's like, oh. And like, she starts to walk upstairs and he like climbs out of the couch and like grabs his claw. He goes, I think I'm getting feeling back in my oh, legs. Yeah. I think I'm getting some feeling back in my legs. And she was like, I guess I could try this out on you before I show it to my new husband. And he goes, well, hold up. I got to make sure I give that outfit a once over or maybe a twice over. And she goes, you're a little old for that, don't you think? (laughs) And he reaches back with the claw arm and grabs the vitamin E pills. He goes, I'll be fine. And off they go. Off they go to, you know, you know. We'll let you imagine what's happening. <laughs> Tanya's not going to include that in her fanfic. <laughs> There's no sex in my fanfic. That's good. That's a new step for fanfics. Except for the fact that Topanga's building a sex slave army. All right. So it's still a fanfic. Turns out it's still a normal fanfic, everybody. <laughs> False alarm. <laughs> I thought that we had broken new ground. Nope. Still a fanfic. So this episode's over. We've kind of talked about how we felt about the episode yeah, throughout this one. the entirety of the episode. I feel like season two is the season where I'm just like, love this episode. Love it. Super love this episode. 1010 would watch again. And yeah, until next week when we're like, oh, this one was bad. Just kidding. It's going to be another good one. All right. Topanga watch. No Topanga. Minkus watch. No Minkus. Morgan Watch. No, Morgan. When do you think we're going to see Topanga again? I don't know. Are we going to see Topanga again? I don't know. When do you think we will? If we do. Mm. Next week. Okay, Minkus Watch. When do you think we're going to see Minkus again? I don't know. I just keep thinking they made him disappear. And Morgan Watch. On the side of a milk carton. Oh, boy. Okay. So, they let Cory babysit again. They did. And haven't questioned it. They let Cory babysit and then took him to a party. Yeah. Forgetting he was supposed to babysit. Mm, good point. So, um, anything else we need to say about this episode? I don't think so. I think we've said too much about this one. You think so? I feel like we've been sitting here for like eight hours. <laughs> you you hate doing this ep- this show. No, I love it. It's my favorite thing. Because every episode you're like, it's been four years. <laughs> it's been 22 years since we watched the last episode of Boy Meets World. It's been about an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> Why does it feel so long? Because you hate it. Um, so anything else you'd like to add? No. <laughs> okay. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's a Day a week, a week ago. Happy Mother's Day, Amy Matthews. Happy Mother's Day, Amy Matthews. You're the best mom ever. Wow. We stan Amy Matthews. Stan? What does that even mean? How, I'm too old for this. Stan? Too old for this show. I stan you. I can stand you too. <laughs> um, anything you'd like to add before we go? No, just uh, reach out to us because we like hearing things. As always, find us on Twitter at BMG and BMW um, or email us at bmgmbmw at gmail.com I have been checking she has been checking nothing's there so um, that'll about do it for us this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2 Episode 5 
class dismissed.